you know, we talk all the time about what happens if there's no more questions in the inbox, like to support people just go home. And it's like, no, then of course not. Like the, those, those questions in the inbox are just the start. Hey y'all, I'm Chase Clemens. Welcome back to the Support Ops Hangout. This is a show that helps you deliver a better support experience to your customers. Now we've got some of the best support pros in the business, so let's go ahead and meet all of them. Jeff, since this is your topic, we'll let you go first. Jeff from Westia, how are you? I finally get to go first. (laughs) Oh, this is not finally. You've gone first before. Oh, it just feels so good to finally go first. I want to thank (laughs) the Academy. Uh, and I want to thank my parents. It's too bad <laughs> Jeff doesn't have any personality. <laughs> Feels great to go first, Chase. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Next up, the other voice you heard, Carolyn from Buffer. How are you? Like a true second child, it's better to go second. <laughs> I'm good. Thank you. How are you? <laughs> Oh, I just, I, I'm here. I love it. <laughs> and last but certainly not least, Chase Livingston, the other great Chase from Automatic. How are you? Saving the best for last is all I got to say. So that's true. There you go. Uh, with only three episodes left, we wanted to take a look at the future of customer support. Are the bots coming for our jobs? Are we going to be doing the same thing now uh, that we will be in 10 years or whatnot. Let's uh, take a look into that crystal ball and talk it out a little bit. So, um, Jeff, since this is your topic, like we mentioned, we'll, uh, we'll give you first dabs here. Is the, uh, is the, are the bots coming for all of our jobs? Oh, boy. Uh, so, I, I'm going to subscribe to the school uh, where the bots help us a- do our jobs better. Um, what that looks like, I, I don't have an answer for that, but like, let's just take that as a given that the whole paradigm of the bots aren't going to replace us, but they are going to maybe take on some of the stuff that, for example, while we're sleeping or the things that we've done a hundred times, they will help us make it easier. So I, I think about products like, um, this is like a, a pitch for a product that I'm not even that familiar with, but there's a product called Guru that is like a Slack-based um, tool where you can like save knowledge away uh, from conversations that you're having in Slack. So that, for example, if two champs, two customer support people are asking each other about a, uh, a situation that they one of them has never encountered before, you can then save it to Guru um, and then it's automatically in your internal documentation or external documentation for sharing with customers or, or for training or whatever. Um, and I think those are the types of things that we've been trying to solve for the last 10 years. Um, and now ever, you know, ever present tools like your phone um, and uh, Slack uh, are making it easier and easier to, to do that stuff for real, as opposed to the old system of everybody gets on board with the new documentation. And then two weeks later, no one is on board with the new documentation. Uh, so I, I prefer to think that the robots are going to make us better as opposed to making us all obsolete. Yeah, I like that. You know, they're going to take away that just manual boring stuff. So I think about um, there was a a time, I guess it was last year sometime, we were on vacation. It was middle of the night. I went to use my credit card at a gas station pump. And uh, when I slid it in and, and pulled it back out, my phone 
sent a text, got a text message and said like, Hey, is this you? Like, you're not usually in this area of the country. We just want to make sure before we approve this charge, you reply back. Yes. And everything's good. That's, that's just a bot doing all of that. Now, 15, 20 years, I don't know how long credit cards have been around, but I guess we'll just call it like 10 years ago. That would have been somebody manually checking and giving you a ring or or something like that. I'm sure I, Again, I have no idea how long credit cards have been around, so we're just going with a hypothetical. But in this case, the bot was there to handle that mundane task, which was really nice. Yeah, I I have a lot more thoughts on that kind of thing, but I I don't want to get too too down the rabbit hole. Um, But the other thing that I would bring up besides bots making us better at our current jobs is everything kind of getting stitched together in one experience. Um, in a really easy way. I'm sure there, there are products that have dedicated, you know, they've been so far looking that they've dedicated huge resources to connecting everything together uh, in terms of people's experience with their website, with their phone support, with their email support, chat, all that stuff to have like one seamless uh, CRM in the background. Um, but there are still challenges. I remember we did a show even just a few weeks ago where... Um, Allison was talking about at base camp, um, there's still yeah, some right. like feeling wonkiness that I remember she oh, was yeah. talking about where like they share a weird back end, a high rise in base camp and how weird that was. Um, and so there's, there's so many companies that have that problem. And then there's companies of the future, like I think it's USAA, where if you're on their website on a help page and then you call into their support. They actually know that it was you looking at that help page and they can say, looks like you were looking for help with, uh, you know, changing your canceling your credit card or something like that. And they can actually help you through that process without having to say, oh, who is this who's calling and what products do you use? What are you looking for help with that just it sucks all the life out of it today? It's a little chat bot in the uh, USAA app. I love it. It, It's all the time. It'll. it tries to get you to the right spot. And when it doesn't, it's really elegant about bailing out and being like, all right, we're calling USAA now, or we're starting a live chat or whatever, and passing all of that information behind the scenes. So they just know instantly what situation you're in. Which if any of us are doing anything like that, it's got to be automatic, right? Like Chase, with automatic, what, what, what's the bot thinking look like over there? I can't say that we really have a whole lot of bot thinking at this point, but... Um... I can also say that it is in the works. Uh, I think I can say that. Um, so we uh, exclusive right here. We're breaking. <laughs> hey, we're, right we're going, out, going out with a bang. Um, <laughs> I uh, so we built our own live chat tool, which is pretty widely known. I guess a couple, maybe a year, uh, year and a half ago. I think is probably when we launched it. But anyway, um, one of the features that is eventually, I think, going to be built in is um, some sort of way to just. I guess help users narrow down the problem because one of the problems we have obviously is is when somebody just sees the live chat bubble and, and clicks it, you'll just get a hey my site isn't working and and you know then you have to go digging for more information to to try and help them and so that just takes both your time and the customer's time um, waiting to actually figure out what the problem is and then fixing it versus if we had some sort of bot that could gather enough information somehow to um, you know 
help them explain what exactly the problem is so that when they get to us, uh, we, we have a better idea of, you know, where to immediately start helping. Um, and so I think that's the goal eventually is to, uh, to just have it help them provide us some more information and, and maybe send, you know, links or something like that to help docs if there are relevant docs. But for me, the, the big thing, not just at automatic, but anywhere is that I think helping users explain themselves better and, and get better information, at least to start with is going to be huge, um, with bots and artificial intelligence and that kind of thing. It would be like automatic just to roll their own thing. It's cool. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, Carolyn, with uh, with Buffer, I haven't seen a – I was trying to think of the best way to phrase that question. Um, we'll just go with the, the, the easy route. What's, what's Buffer's thinking when it comes to bots to kind of level up uh, and, and kind of make the reps better, like Jeff was saying? Yeah, I think um, we subscribe very much to that idea. We haven't gotten very far into it. Um, but I mean, we already have like that, we, the industry, not we buffer already have that in such a, in such an extreme way. It's just like, you know, using snippets and updating the FAQ and like all those things that we do manually that we use tools for Like so much of that is falls into that category. Um, so I, I agree completely with what Jeff said. Um, I also love the idea of the security thing. Like there's so much that that I think we could do, do better there. We have two factor authentication, but if it goes poorly, like if it works, that's perfect. And we're glad we automated it. If it doesn't work, um, then you have to talk to a person. Um, so yeah, we haven't, we haven't gotten very far down that road. Yeah. That's what it's on the security side. Basecamp stepped into that a little bit with our two factor authentication too. And it was, if you get anything wrong in there, then it kicks it out to a real person that has to review it and and make judgment calls. And it's just messy at that point Mm -hmm. Um, to the point where we're actually like closing that out in favor of the, the Google two factor authentication, because they do have more AI bot machine learning insert your favorite automation tool name phrase whatever there uh and that does provide such a better experience all the way around it doesn't require any of that judgment calls where somebody could could get it wrong yeah and i do kind of think i mean i subscribe to the to the idea that like in our life's lifetime there's going to be a shift from like before ai got tipped over the point where it started getting exponentially better. And after that point, um, so it's like a wait, but why article, um, on artificial intelligence. that if you have not read, you definitely should read, um, that like we almost with our like little human brains can almost not comprehend what it's going to be like once that happens. Um, so I, for one, am like really excited about that because, um, that kind of thing is fun for me to think about. Um, and I generally think that, uh, if we, if humans are, uh, if, if machines are humans overlord, um, then we will have, we will have deserved it <laughs> and either it'll be great and it'll be a new time or, um, we'll get to witness the end of our humankind, which is also kind of interesting. So, um, <laughs> to me, like I'm totally bought into the whole thing. So, um, the caveat to all that is like, I just don't think we have any idea what that's going to be like, because I don't think we have any idea what life is going to be like after that point. Just for the AI that's going to go like searching back through the YouTube archives and like <laughs> recordings and all that down the road. 
I, like Carolyn, welcome our new AI <laughs> bot overlords and fully support whatever. So, <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait. I think, I think I agree. What I agree with, with Carolyn is that that is coming and that it is impossible for us to even imagine what that's going to do to so many things. I guess I feel like we're so far away from general artificial intelligence, like the ability for a robot to actually carry on like a, like a lively conversation with you that it's still useful. And I'm not, this is not like a challenge cake or refutation of what uh, Carol was saying. It's just saying it's still useful to think about um, how people are going to be doing support with other people. And I guess as I'm thinking about it, there's like three buckets of what support will do. Um, and I'm just mapping this onto what we do. So I'm probably missing other important buckets, but like, what? so what I'm seeing from like how our support team currently operates is there's one group of support people who are like your customer relationship specialists. So they think about the products that you're building and how that will impact current customers. And that's really something that they're an expert at is um, how should this be messaged and prepared so that the customer doesn't see this as being like a, you know, terrible part of the experience, but rather it's like framed in the right way. It's really exciting. It's communicated to the people who will be most excited about it. Um, you know, the, the, like on our team, it's people who handle also like the documentation so that people who want to learn how to use the feature better can look into it as that kind of thing. It's almost like a product marketing role, um, but it's more focused on that customer support aspect. Mm-hmm. Then there's this, there's this other function um, that's more like <clears throat> the everyday support. Uh, you know, like for us, it's, uh, you know, do you support PayPal? Um, for other people, it's, you know, I'm sure there's a million and one questions that get asked at Automatic every single day. Mm-hmm. And I bet you can train a, like a like a narrow intelligence AI to do that pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Those will go away in the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then there's this other, there's this middle group that's like the people who right now just want to talk to somebody and they're not just going to be able to just talk to a bot because uh, the bot's not going to be there yet. And so my hypothesis is for some companies, like probably all of us, maybe not automatic, but like definitely the buffers, base camps, and wistias of the world will continue hiring people um, for the most part. But I, I, really, I actually really like the model that like, uh, I think it's like Apple is doing this, like a larger, larger company that has like much higher support needs where people are doing a lot of support part-time now from home um, in kind of a, like a, almost like an Uber for support, you know, as a driver, like you go online when you want to go online and then you jump off when it's like time to take care of my family or like time to go shopping or whatever. And that actually that will become kind of like an opportunity for, for like a really easy basic income for people um, is like somebody has to be there to walk somebody through it. And after only a few hours of training, you'll be like ready to go as a, as a like intermediate support rep while the robots are taking over. 
Um, I just, I feel like that's a real opportunity to see how that could scale down to the size of like an automatic from like a Verizon, a Comcast, like down to like an automatic. Yeah, it's one of those where I, <clears throat> it's, it's tough predicting 10, 15, 20, whatever years down the road. I, I don't know if Basecamp would ever approach something like that just because we like, we want to, I was trying to think of the best way to phrase it. Like, so when I talk to Uber drivers and Lyft drivers and that kind of model, it's kind of like, yeah, you do get the freedom to jump in and jump out, but there's also tons of strings attached as far as like wages and um, benefits and, and all that mess that you have to consider too. I think for Basecamp it'd be more along the lines of kind of, that that phrase we keep coming back to that you coined whenever it was automate all the things that you can and then be intensely human on the things that you can't. I think that's where the the AI is going to come in really handy uh, in the the years that we go forward. It's going to be the ones where, yeah, do you accept PayPal? Like get those questions out of the way. However, you do that, and, and that even in of itself can come from a lot of different ways. Is that something where you've got it in your help documentation? Is that something where whenever you go to search uh, or initiate a, a chat message, it like figures out, Hey, like the, you mentioned PayPal. Is this the question that you're trying to answer? That kind of thing. And all that stuff is here, like right now. Um, maybe five years from now to be, if you're on the billing page, it'll like just know that you use PayPal or something and tell you in advance, like, Nope, we don't take PayPal. I don't know. Um, but I think it's, it's yeah, 10, 15, whatever years from now, it's, it's, for Basecamp anyways, it's going to be the more along the lines of, of just knocking those easy, basic questions out of the way and letting the support pros go in and do what they're best at, which is the relationships, which is the walking through things, which is the really tricky on-call bug stuff that you can't really automate. There's also a piece to this, I think, which I totally, totally agree with the um, both of you on saying like there's sometimes people just need to talk to a person. Um, very, very much in agreement with that. And also, um, especially for, for as time goes on, in my experience, with every new technology that comes out and becomes somewhat ubiquitous, like every year there's a couple more things that everyone needs to know about in order, and everyone needs to know to be able to use in order to function in on a base level in a software company or just even in um, life, like touchscreens and other things like that. Like it's hard every year. There's like a couple more things that it's hard to be able to function without. Um, and therefore the gap between the people who don't have familiarity with much of anything and the people who have familiarity with almost everything gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And the, the combinations of different things, different ways that you can be familiar with some things, but not others also become infinitely bigger with each new group of technology. So um, that to me is like the thing that humans are going to be good at for much longer than bots is I can understand the level that you're at about some aspects and other aspects. And I understand that those two things can be different. Um, and I can use very human things like hesitation or embarrassment 
in tone in order to read that and then react accordingly. So, um, yeah, that's where I feel like humans are going to shine, um, until again, like until a bot can carry it, can like do that better than we can. But I agree that that's like not something that we, I, I do kind of think that it's going to happen in our lifetime, but I don't really feel like it's going to happen in the immediate future. So, um, I, I totally agree that there's like, there's the occasional experience where dealing with a bot is better than a human, but right now it's very narrow and very rare. Um, and that experience of having somebody know what you meant is so underestimated in human to human communication that I don't, I don't think that's going anywhere. Yeah. I found myself quicker or easier. I don't know the, the exact word there, but I, I find that when I'm interacting with a bot, if even the slightest thing goes wrong, like I'm upset and frustrated and just, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to talk to somebody. Whereas if, a, if another human misunderstands something I'm saying or whatnot, there's more uh, empathy or forgiveness or, or whatever, again, that phrase is that happens there. So that, that level of frustration, that bar for it is very, very low with a bot to the point where, oh, like you didn't understand what my account number when I, was when I said it, like uh, get me to an operator kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And the betrayal we feel if we thought we were talking to a person at first and we realized it was a bot, like the, sh- the brand shame that happens about that right now is mm-hmm. so high. Like that, what's the example of like the so embarrassing, um, like banking bot that was like just going off the rails. Do you know what I'm talking about? The banks that use like the bots to uh, reply automatically for like Twitter and Facebook yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, there was one of them. I've got to find it, but it was like two yeah. banks that got banks that got into a conversation yeah. with each other. That. that. Yeah. If you can find that, put that in the show notes because it's priceless. <laughs> and all the humans looking on were like, this is why this is so stupid. And like immediate like shame and, and devastation about that general topic. You just yeah. want to take the bank and like walk it through the streets shouting shame. <laughs> shame. So I, I, yeah, I don't know what we're going to, I don't know what we're going to do, but when I think about other functions inside of a, or other, um, skills inside of an organization, like a software organization, especially, it seems like there's a bunch of them that are building towards this. Like we don't need quite as many people. We can do things more efficiently type of future. Um, you know, so like it just with all the platforms and, uh, like services that are out there, being a developer is so different in 2017 than it was in 2007. And same if you're a marketer, like there's so many tools that give you insight. Same for like business intelligence. Um, and yet support is one of those ones that's like not totally different. I mean, the move from like, you don't have to have one shared Gmail inbox you know, to these softwares exist. Like that was a pretty big leap. Uh, the fact that documentation now exists and making a web page in general is not that hard. Another pretty good solid leap that I experienced during my own lifetime, mm-hmm. uh, my own career. But uh, I think, yeah, I think we need to, it, it's interesting to think about what types of tools can come along that make the problem that even we run into where it's like someone moves around in the organization or someone, you know, leaves uh, with you as a support person. We have to go back out and hire another person or else like our brand 
suffer shame immediately. Um, and so like we solving that problem, I don't know how you do it, but like that, that's like one of the more, that's one of the bigger problems that I think, uh, there's, there's definitely money in if you can solve it. (laughs) Free app idea right there. (laughs) Free app, really, really hard to build. No (laughs) idea what the answer is, but an important problem to solve. I'm sure Amazon Turk is in there somewhere. Oh yeah, it's it's Amazon Turk and it felt statements all the way down. I'm sure you can build something great, but <laughs> somebody's gonna come up with a great uh some something to solve it. But I guess my proposal would be in the short term that like that that part-time mm-hmm. operator like across the country type of solution for somebody like bigger than an automatic seems like it really lines up with people's expectation around like having few uh, like uh, freedom in their work and and their lifestyles and that kind of thing. Even with that kind of technology, it was so, I don't ever remember what happened with it. And as I'm thinking about this, I really want to know. So I'm going to have to go find out. McDonald's had a thing for a minute where like internet got fast enough and video screens got good enough where they could basically sub a remote person in on the, uh, the drive-through experience. So like oh, you pull wow. up. Yeah, you pull up and you order. You're not talking to somebody in the building. You're talking to somebody that's sitting in like two states away. That makes and sense. Then your order gets relayed in and everything else. But I don't think anything ever really came of that. At least like I haven't pulled up to a McDonald's lately and like talked to somebody that I know of that's like two states away. Um, and I think really like for tech companies, well, Automatic is a perfect example of this. Like Automatic could easily have like some support center somewhere that they put everybody in. and you're doing live chat, but it's, you're doing live chat with somebody like in a specific building. Whereas with remote, y'all don't do any of that. It's when I have a problem with my website, live chat is this great technology. That's like you live in uh, Greenville and still talk me through my website. Yeah. I don't like, you know, I don't think we're going to be buying in on part-time, uh, you know, support as a service kind of thing anytime soon. Um, it is an interesting idea, but I mean, we just hired 14 new happiness engineers just last month. So, you know, we're pretty well all in on the full-time, you know, support for, for our services. Um, with, you know, the amount of time and money that we're investing in, you know, obviously hiring, um, that number of, of happiness engineers almost every month for the last several months. Um, so yeah, super interesting idea, but I think it is, you know, a lot about, having people, you know, if, if this is your career and, and something that you're really passionate about, you're naturally going to provide better support versus somebody who's, um, you know, just driving the support. Uh, you know, if, if you use the Uber analogy, just, you know, hopping on when they need to make a need to make a little extra cash and, and not necessarily being super concerned about the quality or the, um, the quantity even of, of the work that they're putting out. Um, so I, I will be interested to see how that goes. But as far as, you know, automatic is concerned, I, I just can't see us um, buying in on that anytime soon. So the bots aren't coming. So we don't have to worry about that. The other thing that I was kind of interested in when, Jeff, when you proposed this topic was kind of one of the things I've seen over my career at Basecamp has been this kind of shift from um, customers. And let me back up. We always talk about support pros making a, a shift in uh, in company mindset, seeing support as an asset, as a feature of the product, rather than it being a cost center, like it traditionally is. Over the last, you know, six, seven years at Basecamp, I, I kind of have seen the same shift from the customer's perspective. Like customers tend to come to rely on us more as a resource for 
how to achieve what they want to do versus them just seeing us as a support center that's going to like answer that one basic question. Um, just let me say, we've kind of seen this, like I've seen this from being a WordPress customer as an automatic customer. Y'all have made the shift from we're just doing customer forums. We're just doing email over into like, now you offer the one-to-one training sessions um, to really help me like get a website up and going. So is that something that we're going to see even more of in the future? Do you think? Um, I think in a way, I hope so. Uh, I think one of the the big pushes for that at Automatic is that we're finally at a place where we can keep up with our incoming email volume and live chat volume and that kind of thing, and, and also still you know have the staff availability to be able to do these you know one on one training sessions. Which you know what we're finding is that is you know good for us because it helps the customers stick around longer, but also obviously good for the customers because they get what they want out of our service and and you know the happier they are, the happier we are. And it's just a, you know, a win-win. So I think um, at least for the near term and in probably medium term, that's something that we're going, you know, pretty heavy in on just to, um, to see how that goes and, and give it a shot at, you know, the scale that, um, that we, we are at with, you know, the, the users that are purchasing these plans and, and that kind of thing. Um, and I think, I think it'd be interesting to see other companies try that out. I know there are a lot of you know, smaller uh, than automatic type startups that do, um, you know, send personalized videos like high rise or, uh, you know, send cards, um, you know, gifts, whatever it is to, to customers. But, you know, and these one-on-one setup things aren't necessarily original to, to automatic, but it would definitely be interesting to see other companies um, experiment with it and, uh, you know, share their findings and, and, and see how it goes. Carolyn, with Buffer, y'all have been really, really great at doing this right now. Because like when I think about whenever I have a question about anything social media related, y'all are my first go-to people. Whether it's like what layout should an Instagram photo be versus um, like how do I, like I- anything social media related, Buffer is my first stop, whether it's the website or the actual support team. Um, what's I'll pass that along. Yeah. You're awesome. That's just, it's, <laughs> it's unicorns and rainbows at Buffer always. <laughs> so what's that look like in, in 10 years? Is, is that kind of uh, help with what I hope to achieve, that success that I want to achieve? Is that still going to be something that, that's important? Certainly. Um, and yeah, this is kind of an obvious connection, but the more the the do you accept PayPal thing is, is, is not taken up by humans. Um, the more opportunity that the humans who work (laughs) will have a chance to dig more into that, um, more about how you use the tool and, and how to be successful with it as opposed to click here, click there. Um, I do think that that thing that you're talking about, like, um, I mean, that is mostly our marketing team, not our customer service team. Although they do a lot of, um, they, they mostly do that for, I mean, it's for our customers, of course, but it's also so that people, to your point, think of that, think of Buffer when they think of social media questions. So um, that's an interesting question of whether, like where the line is between marketing and customer service on, on that piece. I think even with a customer team, it's, I remember somebody distinctly reaching out to us when the Instagram feature became available and they knew that we were, that we had an Instagram account at Basecamp that we were using it a little bit for support related things, interacting with customers on there and that kind of thing. 
And they brought the expertise of not only how Buffer worked with Instagram, but also like, this is what you want to do. This is what you want to do. This is what you want to do. And that was all coming from a support person. So I, I think they did a good job there with it too. That's good. Yeah. It does seem like, yeah, go my team. I know. Go team. Um, yeah. But again, that's like, yeah, that's a, that's, that's in my opinion, that's like one of the most fun things about working in a software company is being able to take those, um, those questions that a few customers ask and talk about them on a more one-to-many scale so that, other people can learn from that as well. And our marketing and customer service teams both have done a great job of that. Jeff, what do you think when it, so when it comes to Wistia, um, this is something that I get, so like we use Wistia at Basecamp. I don't use it as much as like, like our video guy or anything like that does. But I know when, uh, when y'all started rolling out the customer success side of things, that was something that was really great to have. It was this wealth of knowledge that, that was there for me to tap into if I needed it. Um, I haven't yet, but that's one where kind of like with Buffer, once I do have a question along those lines, it's I'm going to go talk to Wistia about it, whether it's like what codec to upload or what's the best way to use like an iPhone for this or whatever. It's when I think video, I think Wistia now. Um, So is that something that other customer, other companies should be investing in as they think, you know, what do we want to be 10 years from now? Once that PayPal question is taken care of. Yeah, I, I mean, something I think about um, about our business all the time is like what, and maybe this is like an evil way to think about it now that I'm about to say it out loud, but like what what do we replace as software? Um, what is it that we, what, what functions or roles do we make their job better, but also we kind of take away a lot of their jobs, um, like consultants specifically. And a lot of the pieces of software that, you, that we use day to day used to be like a consultant that you'd bring in from the outside, um, an opinionated piece of project management software, which, you know, none of us know anything about, but like just in case that we might, um, uh, base camp, um, that, that's, re- that is, that's replacing, uh, a consultant that used to come in and tell you, here's how to run your projects. Here's how to communicate around things. We replace a video marketing consultant. Right. It's your, it's your friend, you know, this, this friendly person who comes in and is like, yeah, you've never done video before. Not a problem. Here's what you should be tracking. Here's where you should use it. Right. So we, we think about that in terms of the content that we make, but also building a product uh, and a team that has expertise around, okay, I've never done this before. How can I get started and know that I'm doing a good job? So I, I love that idea. I think as the, you know, we talk all the time about, what happens if there's no more questions in the inbox? Like, do support people just go home? And it's like, no, then of course not. Like, the, those those questions in the inbox are just the start. Um, we're really here to help the customer be more awesome. And if anything, we're trying to close like a negative gap when they're sending in emails that are like, I can't figure out how to update my credit card or mm-hmm. I keep uploading this video and it's failing and I can't figure out why. That's just closing like a negative gap. Mm-hmm. Um, to really build that positive value. It's not just on the customer success side, but that's certainly what we were thinking when we started it, that proactive, I know a little bit more about your business, therefore I can make smart recommendations. Um, that stuff is, if you're up against some a, a business that does that really well, I think you're going to get beat. Yeah, and that's one of those where I don't think you can... 
like a bot is not going to do that. Like just to bring it back to the bots, 10, 15 years down the road, it's, you might hire a book, you might hire a course or something like that. But why would I do that when I can talk to somebody at Wistia who knows my specific situation, knows their specific product. And I've got this nice marriage of, of like paths at that moment. I'm analogies all over the place, but you know what I mean? It's, it's that, that, that moment where I'm going to be able to make leaps and bounds in my business because I've got Wistia showing me how to do video and I've got their product. That's going to help me do it. That's a no brainer. Like that's exactly what our support team should be doing going down the road. So it should be again, like not to like steal your phrase, although I'm probably going to trademark it at some point. Mm-hmm. You want to automate all that, not bullshit stuff, but the negative stuff that you were talking about, that negative gap, close up the, how do you do PayPal? How do I log in? How do I reset my password? Like all those really mundane, basic questions that still need answers. Like how do you automate that as much as you can and then free up as much time as you can for your support pros to be doing those more relationship building and expertise sharing things that they're really good at, that, that, that's why you really hired them. Um, so I think that's like when we look at kind of the, the things we talked about on the episode is the bot should be taking care of those things. And then that's going to free up the team to be there when customers rely on them for a resource rather than just a, hey, answer this question. And that's kind of aligning. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jeff. No, no, go ahead. Um, I was going to say Canadian standoff. No, you go first. No. (laughs) Canadian standoff. I've never heard that. (laughs) It's that moment when you go and open up a door and it's, no, you go first. No, you go first. It's a Canadian standoff. (laughs) I love it. Sorry for all of our Canadian listeners. (laughs) Um, I don't feel like anyone would take offense to that. Um, what I was going to say is what you're describing between those two different purposes of, su- of support or, or the human, whatever that person's role is, is just like aligning the incentives of your customer with aligning the incentives of your business, um, which is true on like a one-to-one scale um, with support because if someone can't update their credit card, then like, you know, your incentives are aligned in the sense that they want to keep using your service and you want them to pay their bill. But once you get into the more sophisticated aligning of incentives, like we want you to be successful because then you invest more and you use our service more and you become um, even more integrated with us and you give us product feedback and you tell your friends about us. And like the, um, the sort of I feel like it's more like a hundred to a hundred in terms of the incentives between those two companies at that point. Um, and that's just more fun and more valuable, but mostly more fun. Also more fun. (laughs) What were you going to say, Jeff? I was, I was going to say that I, I remember the conversation that we had when, um, I mean, this was, we were very small at the time, maybe like 10 people. And we were talking about turning off phone support. And the thing that really drove that for me was that the people who serve the customer 
are so well informed on what the customer's pain points are, but also on those little things that customers say that give you an insight into their real intentions. Like, you know, like when someone says under their breath, like my boss is going to kill me because I didn't have that report or like my boss is going to love this because the, the new reports look so good. Now you actually know what they want. They don't just want good reports. They want good reports because then they look good for their boss. Mm. And when everyone's always running off to answer the phone every time it rings, you lose the one person in the room who was like, oh, I had a great conversation with somebody this week. And they, and they said that in the email or they said that when I was talking to them. And it was like, if we're getting enough of this stuff in email that we can take action on it, then we should get rid of the phone stuff because it makes us so like, phone rings, you've got to run and go grab it. And as we grow and get bigger, I now see that happening also with email stuff, where we're hiring people who from the first day on the job, it's like, this is your world, is this email queue. And they pretty quickly get completely addicted to it. Um, where they're serving the customer, but also it's like they're refreshing to see if any new emails come in, even if there's nothing in there. And they're moving around the office, all these different places from couch to desk to kitchen, um, all these places. But what they're really doing is just looking at that inbox. And I think that means that we lose some of their ability to have input on how do we actually serve the customer because they're so busy serving the customer, Mm. if that makes sense. And uh, I don't know how to solve that, but I think as we look into the future, I'm hoping that some of those bots will make it a little easier, right? Like that's just, I was just thinking about that in line with what you're saying about the customer success stuff. Like that's one of the benefits of, that was one of the perceived benefits of spinning up that customer success team was they wouldn't have that overwhelming addictive cue. They would be able to think about it in terms of, their customer relationships as opposed to just what does this never-ending faucet look like today? I will say that that's great in theory, not necessarily in practice, but um, I think that's something we should still aim for in the support profession. Check back with you in 10 years and we'll see how it goes, right? Yeah, if I don't solve that, somebody else solve it and make a billion. (laughs) All right. So with that, we're at the, uh, the end of our time for, our, for this episode. So um, let us know what you think. It's hello at supportops.co for the email. We're at supportops on Twitter. Now, you've heard us mention a couple of times that the show's wrapping up at the end of the year, but there's still two episodes left, a topic from Carolyn next week. And then the uh, finale, we've decided is going to be our rapid fire format because I got that idea from a couple of uh, listeners and I'm just going to Say it was my idea. So we're going to go with that. Uh, so, for, uh, so for folks that haven't listened to any of our rapid fire episodes before, basically we, uh, we collect all the questions that we can between now and the show. And then we answer them as quick as, and concise as we can during the show itself. So it can be questions like, what's on your reading list? Uh, would you rather have a pet dragon or a, uh, be a dragon? This oh, again. That one again. I got a specific request for that one again. What kind of beard uh, lotion and conditioner do you use, Chase's? (laughs) 
It's true. Any question that you want. Um, and since it is our final episode, any question, it's not just strictly customer support. Oh. Um, so just uh, send us whatever you got. It's uh, again, hello at supportops.co is going to be the email to get it into us. What kind of beer conditioner do you use, Jason? I'm curious. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh, nothing fancy. Just the same shampoo and conditioner that I... Motor oil. <laughs> shampoo and conditioner <laughs> my hair with. <laughs> Oh, see, I figured you would be the guy that's like, oh, no, we have this local person down at Costco that's like selling this dairy milk stuff out of the back of like a truck or something. Uh, maybe my beard would be even better if I tried that. So that's something I'll look into between now and the last episode. <laughs> we think about just having guests to replace us because I personally am probably going to cry through the whole show. So I might not be that useful. You're going to be fine, Jeff. We'll get you through it. The okay. modern miracle of editing a, an audio thing. If it takes <laughs> us a couple of hours, we'll just cut out the bad parts. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. So send us those questions. Again, it's hello at supportops.co. Thanks again for listening. And until we see you again next time, have an awesome week. <laughs>